we define what success is and then we align our values or we understand what we value and then we can define our success. They go back and forth. We make sure that we align who we are when we define what success means for us. host and Emily Kin. And before we start with today's show, please remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. Today, our special guest is Sue Geyer. Sue has over 25 years of experience in the field of communication, including 10 years of teaching in the Wharton MBA program. She works with executives in Fortune 100 companies, emerging leaders, and owners of small to mid-side businesses helping them with executive presence, messaging, and teamwork. Our conversation is going to be about redefining success. Welcome to the Mindset Zone, Sue. Oh, thank you. And I'm so happy to be here. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation because this is a subject that you put a lot of thought and a lot of work behind. Yes. And you even coin a term that you could say success bully. So let's start there. What is that of success bully? Uh, success bully. So, and bully can be a triggering term to everyone. So it's that idea of that loop in the head, that loop we all have that tells us all of these different shoulds. We should do a certain career. We should go to a certain vacation spot. We should put our kids in a certain preschool. All the different shoulds. But it's not just internal success bullying. It's that society success bullies. There is this definition of success that we feel like we have to live up to. And then all of a sudden we start seeing ourselves living according to all these different shoulds. And we forget that we really want to live according to how, what we want and what makes us happy and fulfilled. And it, it came glaring at me when I forgot that. And that's when all of a sudden I was in a situation that created this, oh my goodness, you just success bullied yourself. And I'd never heard that term. And I don't, No one had ever used it. So I was like, that's what it is. And so that's how I coined that term. Yeah, because I really love this because I think uh, in mainly in the entrepreneurial world, uh, there is the conversation about, okay, we are the ones that define success and success comes in different flavors for different people. And that is an important thing. And at the same time, I like how you break down things because sometimes we recognize the impositions of the schools from others uh, and even from society, but you are putting the light back to you, to ourselves that sometimes we are the ones that uh, are creating that constraints 
that, and sometimes we are not aware of it, correct? Oh, yeah. It's that we get so tuned into the loop that we start thinking that the loop is true and it is truth. And that that voice, that inner voice, because we have listened to the external bullies for so long, that internal voice becomes loud. And oftentimes we forget what we wanted in the first place. And so many people will say they feel like they're might be living in someone else's skin or living someone else's life, but they forget what they truly wanted in the first place. Just, and I would like to circle back there, but tell us, because you referred that there was a situation that uh, triggered this insight for you. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. So it was several years ago, I was at a retreat center and many of us go on these team building exercises. They can be on site. Sometimes you go off site and we are part of, you know, bettering ourselves. And I happened to be at this retreat center and we went, we had been part of several days of an amazing event. And then we went to this center where we did team building, we did problem solving, we were working together as a group. I think there were 13 of us. Uh, and then we had this one obstacle the, that people had been talking about for days, and it was the zip line. And they were all excited about conquering the zip line. And I remember going to them. They were like, oh, Sue, are you excited for it that, that morning? And I said, you know what? I'm not even sure I'm going to do it. So I don't want any of you to bully me into it. Like I had said that kiddingly in the morning. And then when we got there, we got to the time to do the zip line. And you know how oftentimes zip lines are, you walked up like a ladder or something to the platform, you get all harnessed in, and then you jump off. Um, and you know, you go over whatever you go over. That's the kind I have in my head. When we arrived, this zip line was a tree with a platform <laughs> on it. But the tree had all these metal spikes in it. You had to climb the tree first, Anna, before you even got to the platform. So, so almost like when there is the electrical pole that they have to go up and they have that things to go up, you have to do that. That's exactly it. It was like an electrical <laughs> pole that you have to climb up and then you get to jump off and scream hello, you know, yay me. So I'm looking at this tree going, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Now. I will say I have, a okay, a big fear of heights. So I kind of was like, okay, am I really going to do this? And I thought, why? Why are you doing this? It really does not define anything for you. But you know what? Everybody else in the group was doing it. And so I stayed at the back of the line and I was, you know, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I, I, I even considered walking away. Maybe they would not even notice that I didn't do it, but now I knew that they would notice because they were watching pretty carefully. So despite my smarter voice saying for me not to try and climb this tree, because I have a shoulder that I've had surgery on. I have a knee that's, you know, not, not used to climbing trees. I decided 
I would attempt it because everybody else did it. Everybody else did it. And the, the wire wasn't that far. It was like literally you got off, you jumped and went for about 10 seconds and that was it. But everybody else was doing it. So I did, I got the helmet on, I got the harness on, my stomach's going. And so I start climbing, I'm doing okay, pushing and pulling. I'm telling everybody to be quiet so I can focus and I'm not looking down. I'm looking just at the tree and then I get stuck. I'm, I'm like three quarters of the way up and my knee just is not going to put, like I am hanging on to these metal spikes and I just can't climb anymore. And there's a guide up on the platform who starts yelling at me and people down below are start yelling at me. And you know, at that point when your brain is just a buzz, that's where I was. I was like paralyzed and stuck and uh, I'll kind of jump to the punchline. I did not make it. I had to come down and they let the guides on the bottom, like, you know how they have those, the, the strings or the ropes and they bring you down. So they brought me down. And not only was this retreat amongst all my colleagues, but it happened to be part of a documentary. The whole darn day was being filmed. So as soon as I come feeling like an absolute failure, the documentary team runs over to me with a camera and a microphone. Sue, how are you feeling now? <laughs> I'm feeling like an idiot and a failure. What do you think? Uh, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I was bullied, success bullied up that tree. And that was clear as day in that moment that that term was like, why do we do this to people at, at retreat centers? And then I started thinking more and more like, first of all, it was just like the firewalk thoughts and all the retreat center bullying. But then when I really started looking at society and success, I was like, it doesn't just happen at retreat centers. It happens every day. And so that's where the exploration, like it started that day, but the exploration of what the impact it's happening on us personally, and it's really having an impact in our workplaces. So it's having a personal impact. And because we're humans who work in workplaces, it's having an impact there as well. Uh, like in another interview that I did um, recently um, about community mindset, uh, we are. I love that. We, I love beings. that interview. <laughs> And we are community beings. Yes. We really uh, social animals, like we say in psychology, but this, I like more this term of community beings. We really thrive in a community, but there are these dynamics. And I think here there is a conversation that is important to have because it's the nuances, the grace in between. Because I think part of why do the organizer of these events does these things. It's a lot about the exploration. We take us outside our comfort zone. And absolutely it's important if we always stay in our comfort zone, we are not growing. We are not exploring new possibilities. There is truth on that. And at the same time, we can fall into what you are speaking on that bully that can be internal, can be the peers, can be the structure in itself, the organization. And is not staying just in your comfort bubble or doing things just by the sake of doing things. That can be great. Like you were saying, there were people in the group that was really looking forward to that opportunity to uh, jump and to conquer that zipline uh, fear. But that was not 
for you and you had that internal voice telling you that and you didn't listen until you are stuck. Absolutely. And I absolutely agree with you about going beyond comfort zone. The thing is, I have done zipline in the past when it was different, when there were different reasons for it, when it aligned with what I valued. Um, I did it years before, probably two years before that with my daughter at Girl Scout camp. And I was still afraid, afraid of heights still that hadn't gone away. I almost got paralyzed there too. And what allowed me to go outside my comfort zone was my value of being a role model to her, my va- my value of showing to her that you can be scared and still take action. So for me, almost like that, that checkbox had already been checked. And this one of climbing a tree wasn't taking me outside a comfort zone. It was just physically harming me. Going down for 10 seconds wasn't. Yes, absolutely for others, it was a mindset thing for them and very powerful. It wasn't for me. Um, Going up certain roller coasters with my family has given me that scene going outside my comfort zone. So I absolutely agree with you. It's who's determining what your comfort zone is and What's the quote, the right way for each person to uh, expand your comfort zone, I think is what's important. And I think this brings an interesting parallel here, because uh, in the, you work a lot with uh, companies, organizations of all sizes and shapes. And the, uh, the conversation nowadays is about the great resignation, diversity and inclusion, uh, equity and inclusion, all that. And the Part of that conversation is about, okay, we have to include different type of uh, um, preferences, different, the diversity enriches a team and all of that. And interesting enough, in some of these programs, I don't know if they uh, absorb in their structure a way of honoring that diversity. Yeah. And I think the question that's missing from the conversations, I know many of the leaders that I work with um, on team productivity, on, on culture, especially, is asking that question of your employees, what makes you happy? And what makes you feel successful and fulfilled? And understanding that you could ask 10 different people that question and get 10 different answers and all of them are right and need to be considered that diverse ideas and opinions absolutely yeah and it's a little bit is more complex and even for an organizer of an event of personal growth and i've been there organizing these things i know that is a challenge we have to have a structure it's like when we do a program a curriculum we have to have that structure but how can we allow the flexibility of the structure to meet the individual needs because i think is uh, instead of the metaphor of the image of the uh, 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 cookie cutter, okay, I have a shape and I'm going to shape everybody in this way. I think we have to embrace a more dynamic kind of metaphor, like we are the conductors of an orchestra of different instruments and all the instruments are <laughs> different. It's one of that alternative musics that people, somebody is just getting a, 
a cup and the and creating a, a certain rhythm with a cup. The other ones is another favorite object that they are making music out of it. But you can demand more of the leader, but you absolutely can see that not as, oh my gosh, this is impossible, but think, what can I make out of this that is even better? Can be a great place to innovate and to create something new. It's interesting because I talk about my lens and my lens is that of transformation. So always making things just a little bit better and trying to look at how to make things a little bit better. And when you speak about creating the environment, uh, I can share what happened the rest of that day. So once I came down and did not you know, make the, the 10 second on the wire leap, I had a decision to make. Because, and I say, if I had had my car there, I might have made a different decision, but I didn't. I was driven by somebody else. But I had a decision, do I just sit here and wallow and stay mad and upset? Or do I think about what I value? And we talked about communities and relationships. I talked about the relationship with my daughter. I value relationships. And... Earlier in the day, we had been paired up and one of my colleagues, I had given over control to him by, we were each, we were in pairs and he blind, I was blindfolded and he had to lead me from one area down to another area, bumpy. Build the trust. Build the trust. (laughs) Exactly. Bumpy dirt road. And I was able to hand over trust. So going outside comfort zone, hand over trust to him. And so interestingly, throughout the rest of that day, I really wanted to expand a relationship with the rest of my colleagues, but especially him. And so I did go up another height element, interestingly blindfolded, because I wanted to take away the the sight and let him guide me up another wall. And I went as high as I wanted to without being able to see how far that was. And then I was able to go on other things. And then there was a really high element, like obstacle course that I was like, I'm not going on that. I don't have anything to prove by going on that. But he was he was going right on up it. And so I cheered him on being that good. I realized I'm a good teammate. I'm a good cheerleader as well. And so I really had to sit back into what I valued, so that it would allow me to continue to create those relationships, to continue to expand outside my comfort zone and do that. And so I think that is important. And I think that is when you're creating environments is helping people to really align with what they value. That's part of the model that I teach is that alignment with values. And the nuance uh that it can be different from one person for another and for the individual itself, depending on where they are. Because uh, you is, is not running away of the situation that sometimes you're saying, and it's normal, it's human nature. Uh, sometimes that situation can be so overwhelming that if we have a way to get out, like you're saying, if I had the car there, possibly I had left. Or some uh, now with the great resignation, because there are more options out there, I think many people arrive to a certain 
situation at work that they just say, oh, I can get the job elsewhere. So I'm going. Right. And sometimes it's the right decision. Uh, other times, if they don't uh, deal with the underlying things that are there, they are just going to get another job. Great. And uh, most often uh, they're not, they f- fall into the same dynamic again. And I think they fall into the same dynamic. So I think our workplaces need to change. Certainly yeah. that. And and I work with many managers to speak about that. And I think that what I always teach is first people need to define what success means for them. And we've had this conversation because I know you talk about uh, and you speak about happiness and you've done such great work around the idea of, of happiness as well. But it's really interesting if you look at the definitions of success. This is why I say that society has a has a role to play in this. If you look at the Merriam-Webster dictionary, we we see wealth, fame, respect, that's it, period, end of story. We are not taught that's our success other than in my great like inspiration posters which are next to me that happiness and success go together. And so there's this new thought around that. And I think that's what the great resignation is partially about is I just want to feel more fulfilled and happy. And so I'm just going to go over there, but we don't define what success with this metric brought into it actually means for each of us. And I think that is the key. And even the happiness is a byproduct. I think the core is the fulfillment, is the purpose. Yes. Do you feel purpose in what I'm doing? Even if the purpose is I'm paying the bills to get for my family, have a nice lifestyle. That is an honorable purpose. Yes. And can make the meaning of working in a a certain job for a while and even being very successful on it or having the money to dedicate to a hobby that you really like and having that job allows you to do that. It's not just the job in itself, but as to be people, we need to be on purpose. Otherwise, it's, it's really, we are like robots if we are not finding meaning and purpose. I absolutely agree with you. And this really aligns with what I talk about because I have so many people come to me who don't know their purpose. And that's because I think we've jumped to knowing your why before knowing your who. And I love Simon Sinek with Start With Why. Absolutely love him, adore him. And I talk about the model of Start With Who. So that's the other model that I've created is this understanding who you are and what your values are. So first defining what success is. It's not even linear. We define what success is and then we align our values or we understand what we value and then we can define our success. They go back and forth. We make sure that we align who we are when we define what success means for us. So absolutely what you said is... I may have this job. And again, the job may not be woohoo. And I get wake up in the morning and I skip to wherever I work. It might be that it allows me to create the lifestyle I want. It allows me to be creative. It allows me to whatever I value in my life. And it's the importance, I think, to have these nuanced conversations 
because even I, I absolutely agree. I love also Simon Sinek, the why is so important, but the, you have to know yourself. You have to see how can you align these things. And even the ooh, the values, for instance, if we are working with teenagers, they are still discovering their values and discovering their uh, purpose. And it can be messy and it's not clear and all of that. So I'll push you on that a little bit. Okay. Because, you know, I do work around core essence. Yes. And I believe that the essence is, in, in my paradigm, there are three, your oxygen, your lens, and your anchor. And I believe they're innate. You are born with them. And they do not, their values change over your lifetime. In fact, there's more research just from uh, 2021 at University of Penn that shows that your values can even change but based on your environment, who you're talking to. But there's an underlying essence of who you are as a person from which your values come that doesn't change. Hmm. And understanding that can give you real insights into what motivates you what gives you clarity around your journey and where you're going and what anchors you and gives you confidence and power to take action on that journey. And so by being really aligned with that, then our purpose comes out through what motivates us, what makes us exciting, which gives us what I call oxygen. Um, and that, I think, uh, yes, because I have done this work with um, young people and the essence is there. You can see it. Love it. So tell me, tell us just a little bit, the short definition of that oxygen, the lenses and the anchor. Okay. So your oxygen is your motivation. It's what gives you purpose. Some people call it their drive. When you are out of alignment with your oxygen, you might feel a lack of motivation and not sure why. You might feel suffocated. I hear this so often from people that are in the wrong job or in the wrong business model or in the wrong workplace. Uh, you can also hyperventilate. Uh, sometimes this happens with my creatives that that curiosity might be a driver. And so you just stay in that. But generally more at risk is that you feel this sense of lack of motion, motivation, passion, and suffocation. So if you're alignment with your oxygen, you wake up in the morning, you're excited, you know what your purpose is, and you're doing work that you love. Your lens is how you see the world and how you show up in the world. So it's almost that filter by which you make decisions. It's often why two people see things, the same thing, completely different because they have different lenses upon the world. And when you have out of alignment with your lens, you have a lack of clarity. You don't know what next steps to take. You're unclear. You're not sure of what to do. Interesting. What I've found is the intersection of oxygen and lens is what we, uh, colleague and I termed uh, years ago, your superpower. It's how you are unique in the work that you do. So what motivates you and how you see the world makes you unique. And then your anchor is what grounds you. It's the deepest one. It's the one that you'll feel a visceral response if it's triggered. Um, if you're out of alignment with your anchor, you'll feel off balance. You'll feel um, afraid. And when you're aligned, you're confident. You take those actions. You have clarity. And so when all three are in alignment, you are living in flow and living your best self. And probably tying this back to the beginning, you forgot or something of this, maybe the anchor 
when you are making that decision, okay, of the success bully? So, you know, I really forgot my values uh, and, and my intention of living connected. So my, in, interestingly, my anchor is fairness. And so it could have been that one, but it also, my lens is transformation, always making things a little bit better. Um, and so, and then, then teaching is my oxygen. So I'm not quite sure where, I just know that I lost my value of being true to self and being fair to self. So probably it was my anchor because I felt very visceral that I just went against who I knew I was as a person and went and went for when I probably shouldn't have. Well, I know I, I didn't want to, and I should have honored that want. Wow, I love this, and that we could go on and on. And I'm seeing the clock here uh, at the same time. So tell us where people can learn more about your work. Uh, you also do keynote speaking, you work, you help people, you have an assessment that helps people determine the, this oxygen lens and anchor, the teamwork. So where can people go to learn more about you and your work? Yes, they can go and see me at Sue, S-U-E-G for Geyer, Speaks, S-P-E-A-K-S.com. So SueGSpeaks.com. And they can learn a little bit more about me or look for me on LinkedIn at Sue Conrad Geyer and connect with me there. Love it. So thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Anna. Expanding possibilities, the mindset zone. Thank you for listening. And remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world. <laughs>